Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk Try and stay with me for the next 20 minutes and um, we'll maybe come back to some worship. It's beautiful. Just singing his name. There's a scripture that came to mind. This doesn't start off very good, this, but it'll be all right. The scripture comes to mind in Proverbs. It says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And I don't know about you, but have you ever, have you ever done stuff and then realized you've done it wrong and you have to do it again? This, I, I hate that. There's nothing more frustrating when you spend so long doing something. This will not apply to you, David, don't worry. It'll, it, you, it, you spend so long doing something and then you have to do it again. And my text for today is, is t- my, my passage today is taken from Ephesians 6, which is about war. It's about warfare. Why am I telling you about doing stuff and then having to do it again is this, that if we don't fully understand that we are engaged in a war and then there is warfare happening around us, we will be subject to that war without us even knowing about it. So I was talking to Lisa today, and, and uh, she was telling me, um, we were talking about something else, but she was telling me about, have you seen those in like, not that you'll be in amusement arcades, I know, because she's a good Christians, but in those amusement arcades where the, the little rat thing comes up and you have to hit it on the head, have you, have you done them? And it's like, bang, bang. And most, most of, not most, some Christians spend their entire lives whacking those things when God wants us to unplug it. Do you understand the difference between the two? We can spend our life whacking this stuff on the head, but God says there's a war taking place that if you engage it rightly with His strength and with His power, we can unplug that thing. It stops just there and then. Just stops. If you have a Bible and you want to turn with me, I'm reading from Ephesians 6, chapter 10, which finishes... Sorry, ch- chapter 6, verse 10. Just testing to see if you're awake. Some of you are. I'm just going to read a few verses, but this, this is, they come to the end of our study in Ephesians, and this kind of st- really kind of sticks out, but Paul says, I'm going to throw this bit in at the end <laughs> for a very good reason. He says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Can it be much plainer than that, can it? Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, not if it comes, but when it comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take the shield of faith, 
which can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the Lord's people. <laughs> I know God's going to bless His Word to us because His Word has life in it. <laughs> So this is part two, really. You need to kind of grasp or grab part one, which will be on podcast. I can't go over it all again. As God was unfolding this to me, there was just too much for one session. So you guys are going to get something slightly different from this morning. But um, I want to just briefly run over that because it's important we understand the foundational stuff. In, in Ephesians 3 and 8, it says this, His intent, that's God, God's intent was now through the church, that's you. So God's intent through you, right? <laughs> was that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So through you, He wants to make His wisdom known. That's got to be supernatural for me. But He wants to make it known too the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. So there is, there is something taking place between here on earth and the throne room of God in those realms called the battle. And whether you like it or not, you're in it. There are two battles going on. One, an internal battle within you. And two, an external battle in those realms. The internal battle is about you and the flesh. Okay? So the Bible says that the spirit wages war against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. So there's a, there's a thing going on in there. Even when you're redeemed, the, the Bible calls it sanctification. So even when you're redeemed, there's a war going on within your flesh and the spirit. The great news is you have power and victory over that because of what Jesus did. But, but there is a war between you and the flesh. The flesh will constantly... Apostle Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. And the things I want to do, I don't do. Amen. Sounds a bit like me. There's a constant battle there with our flesh which we have to beat into submission sometimes so that it does the things that the Spirit wants it to do, not the things that we want it to do. Hmm. But the first three chapters of Ephesians is full, is absolutely chock-a-block full of affirmation of who you are and who I am in Christ. Absolutely chock-a-block full of it. You're a son. You're a daughter. He predestined you. He called you. He gave you authority. He sat you at the right hand of the Father. It is absolutely chock-a-block full of encouragement and truth. And then, the last three chapters is how we should live out that truth. So in chapter 4 and, and onwards, he talks about walk in a manner that's worthy of your calling. See, that's something we do. Submit to one another. 
submit to leaders. Speak truth. Don't get angry. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't steal. Work hard. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Be imitators of God. Walk carefully. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Stand for unity of the faith. Ha. Walk in faith. Wow. You know, walking represents, walking's not kind of, well, I walk quite slow. Jackie's often telling me off for walking slow. But walking, walking's like a rhythm. And God wants us to get into a rhythm. <laughs> he wants us to get into a pattern, a rhythm of walking and living well. In accordance with His Word and His truth. So we have a fight going on with our flesh. Walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Beat that flesh down. You can do it. The external battle is something much, much bigger that's going on. And there are two kingdoms at work in this world right here now. There's the kingdom of darkness, from which, if you are a Christian, you are saved from. And there's a kingdom of light, which you joined. <laughs> Praise God. And they are still in operation today. Some Christians would have you believe that all of the sins of the whole world are being paid for by Jesus, therefore there's no sin, therefore everybody's saved. Well, that's a skew of the truth. The truth is that Jesus paid for every one of your sins. And the truth also is you have to receive that gift. You have to appropriate the gift of Jesus. You do not automatically become a Christian. You do not automatically move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You choose to do that through the work Jesus completed on the cross. It's a choice. Ha! It is a choice. <laughs> ha! I tell you what, what sometimes it feels like. It feels... How can, I just, can you imagine if you bought a house... And you lived in the house for 10 years and then you went up into the attic and you found a priceless picture. Suddenly you became a millionaire. Just like David. You became this millionaire overnight. The truth is this. You were always a millionaire. You just didn't know it. See, when, yeah. you see, when God says that you're seated with Christ in heavenly realms, you can operate like you're not, or you can operate like you are. Ah, you aren't quite getting it, but you can, you, you, can, you can live a Christian life 
and constantly bat those things on the head. Or you can understand that Christ has seated you with him far above all principalities and all powers. And you're seated there in a place of authority to bring change here on earth. Victorious lifestyle. You are always a millionaire. Because that when you got, when you move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, you were given a seat in the heavenly realms. That is good. I'm telling you, that is good stuff. So I'm going to cover, we covered quite a few of these this morning, but I want to just cover the last couple again. I talked about the helmet of salvation this morning, which is where I kind of finished off. The helmet of salvation covers the brain. I talked about the brain and how the brain can be a hindrance because sometimes when God speaks to your spirit, your brain will try to stop you doing that because it doesn't make any sense. But there's another bit that t- where the Bible talks about your brain being really important. And actually it talks about your, be- your brain being transformed. Your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It talks about having the same mind as Christ. Can you imagine that? Having the same mind as Jesus. So the helmet covers the brain. we're seated with Christ in heavenly realms you can tell your brain that all day long but when you need to understand that you need to operate from that place it's a completely different thing the Bible talks about the only offensive weapon in the whole armor so he uses this picture of a Roman soldier really is what he's using but he's not talking about the Roman soldiers stuff he's trying to deliver something of a supernatural message he's Paul was trying to use something that he's seen on a daily basis to, to bring around a message that these things the armor of God that we're supposed to wear and by the way you're supposed to wear it not me you're responsible for putting your armor on and I'm responsible for putting my armor on. And it says, take up the whole armor of God. Not just a little bit. We have to wear the whole thing. But in the latter part of this, as we read today, there, there's this thing called the sword of the Spirit. Hmm. And it's really the only offensive weapon. Everything else is kind of protecting you, isn't it? But here we've got a sword that you could use. Everything else is like helmet, don't stab me, don't shoot me with flaming arrows. But here I've got a sword that can come that way towards you. It's important we understand what the sword is. Because some people think that the sword of the Spirit is the Bible. I'm going to get a little bit controversial here. All right. The actual word here for word is the rima. It means this, the utterance or the spoken word of God. You see, you can have a sword 
and make no use whatsoever of it. You may know it in your head, even in your heart, but the sword is supposed to be, or the word is supposed to be declared. It's supposed to be spoken out. That's when it's effective. When it comes out of you. That's when you use it. I know the Bible. I know it in my heart. Yeah. But how are you using it? You see, when the devil come to Jesus, and he did, to tempt him, Jesus used the Word of God. Now, Jesus knew the Word of God, but Jesus still declared the Word of God to the devil. You see, the devil... The devil and his fallen angels were a part of the heavenly realms. The Bible says the devil actually was the chief worship leader. And the part of the battle that's going on <laughs> is for our worship. See, see the, the throne room of God, heaven itself right now, is full of worship. And the enemy, the devil, was the chief worship leader. So what do you think one of his plans might be? To get you to worship something else other than God. <laughs> Matthew 4 says this. The sword of the Spirit. It says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, when God created the whole earth, He spoke it into being. God had the power to think it into being, but He declared a thing and it will be done. Is that not what the Bible tells us? We declare a thing and it shall be done. But we have to, along with the other armor that we put on, along with the truth, along with the faith, we have to declare it out. We have to believe it. It's really important that we understand because there's no point having a weapon. You know, if somebody said to me, I've got a gun and I'm going to come and shoot you, I'll run a mile. Somebody says to me, but there's no bullets in that gun, I'm less likely to run. And we've often used the Word of God in our hearts, and we've not made the declaration to the rulers, to the authorities, to the principalities, to the powers that were supposed to make the authority and have the authority and declare it over. We've not done that. Speak the word of life into something and watch it shift. Watch it change. Yeah. So I'll finish with this bit. This isn't actually on the armor of God, but it was the last bit at the end, and I think it fits. But it says this that we're to pray in the Spirit. First, First Thessalonians 5.17 says this, Pray without ceasing. How do we do that? 
How do you pray without ceasing? How do you pray when you're asleep? How do you pray when you get up and you're driving your car? When you're eating your food? How can you pray? If the Bible says that we're to pray without ceasing, how do we do it? Have you ever asked the question? I did ask the question. And God said this to me. He says, you become a prayer. <laughs> so it's not that you switch prayer on and you switch it off. You're constantly... Because what is prayer? It's, it's, it's permission for heaven to invade earth. So if you become a prayer, if your feet are feet of peace, you've got the armor of the feet on, and you're marching into atmospheres, you are a prayer in that situation. You don't need to pray. You don't need to shout it out. You just need an understanding that you carry that thing and you shift atmospheres around you. Because you step in. I said this morning that our toilets have been fitted with sensors. Actually, it was really funny. Nobody laughed because I said there were motion sensors. See, that's funny. Toilet motion sensors. It was, I thought it was funny, but the crowd this morning never flickered. They were really good. I thought, it's got to get a laugh, this. But it's been fitted with motion sensors. So when you walk into the darkness, the light comes on. So many times we're waiting for God and God's waiting for us. <laughs> Just step into the darkness. Watch the light come on. Because God of faith detects your movement. And it comes on. But as you walk into that place, it might look dark. And actually what it's waiting for is movement. The kingdom of darkness does not want you moving in because the light comes on. <laughs> when you step into that place and you declare with your mouth the word of the Lord, the, the Rima word for there, for that place, for now, when you declare it, when you speak it out, the light comes on. Wow. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. What is that about? <coughs> what is prayer? Prayer is earthly permission for heaven to come and bring its authority. So heaven cannot bring its authority without us. We read at the beginning that God's wanting us to declare the manifold wisdom of God. We play a huge part in seeing the kingdom of darkness extinguished with the kingdom of light taking its place. We, we take a huge part in that. We, the church. We, the church. The devil would like to manipulate us and use us for the kingdom of darkness. But God says, here's choice. Step into it and declare my word. Understanding this, that you've always been a millionaire. So I'm going to finish with this. Live. Ha. Huh. Live in his strength. This is the armor of God. So often we live in our own strength. 
We go, why is this not working? Because you're not strong enough. I'll tell you now, you're not strong enough for the war. You're not strong enough for the battle. But he is. He is. That's why he says, take on my strength. Live in his strength. Live in truth. Really, really important that we get an understanding of who God is. The true God. Not a religious thing. But the true God. The enemy has used religion for many years to deceive us. God is not angry with you. He loves you. Live righteously. Live right. We have the righteousness of God. Jesus gave it to us. He died for it. And he, gave, he made us right before God. Therefore, live right. Make positive choices to live right. And protect your heart. The Bible says that everything flows from your heart. So protect it. Live out of peace. The shoes that carry peace. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You've got beautiful feet. But you carry peace. You step into a place and peace should be released. Because your feet are shod with the good news of peace. It's in the armor of God. Live by faith and not by sight. Your movement will turn on the light. Live by having your mind renewed. Live by declaring the word of God. Not just knowing it, but declaring it. And it's the now word. Don't just pluck words out of the air. <laughs> Ask God for the now word. God, what's the now word for this situation? And then declare it out. And the sword of the Spirit will cut through. Wow. And live in constant prayer in the Spirit. Don't pray nice prayers. Pray prayers in the Spirit. Pray prayers that are effective. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, the Bible says. So therefore we need to be in touch with what Holy Spirit's doing. I want to tell you tonight that you have been redeemed out of darkness into light. And I want to tell you tonight that you are a millionaire. That you're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. I want to tell you tonight that heaven, all of heaven's resources are available to you. And I want to encourage you it's a word that's not preached very often these days. Live righteous. Live right. Make good choices. Choose not to sin. Choose to keep your flesh in order. And allow your spirit to control you. Rather than your flesh. And God bless his word to us today. I'll hand back over to Laura. Amen.